Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. And today, listeners, I'm excited to introduce Sarah Louise Ryan, who is a, an old friend of mine, actually, who I've known for, for quite a few years. And what she's an expert in is dating and relationships. So good morning, Sarah. Hello and good morning, Queen of Hearts. How are you? <laughs> um, I'm absolutely ecstatic and very excited to uh, be speaking to you this morning, Sarah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be on the show, especially after tuning in to last week's episode this morning when I was getting ready. So I'm delighted to be here. So thanks for having me. It's brilliant. All right. So let's get stuck in today. I think our listeners have um, got some great words of wisdom that are going to be shared by ourselves and you especially around navigating modern dating. Oh, the minefield of modern dating. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I thought it would be a really good topic to delve into because um, as you and I were cheekily chatting before we jumped on the podcast it's such a a a minefield no matter what age you are today um look when you're looking for love everybody has the same tools to navigate the search for a partner and as the world becomes more intricate in the digital space and we navigate you know online platforms and apps as well as different websites and all of that jazz um i think somewhere along the line um we get even though we're so connected online we get really disconnected with human beings that are also out there looking to love so it's a subject that i'm massively passionate about because i just love making real life connections and you know, bringing single professionals together in whatever capacity that might be, because, you know, you can never really replace the, you know, the, some, how you, how you gauge someone's demeanor, their personality, their sense of humor in real life and everything online seems a bit somewhat kind of premeditated because it's not so much in real life. So I think, a lot of pseudo relationships are created in this online space where we invest time and energy and also financial resources too. But actually, it means that a lot of the time singles are sat there in their PJs <laughs> drinking a cup of tea or a glass of wine and not actually getting out there meeting like-minded singles. So yes, in a nutshell, I'm massively passionate about modern dating and how to navigate it. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I love what you're doing, Sarah, because like you say, um, it isn't, um, I suppose it is a, in one sense, it's a bit of a jewel edged sword because on the one side of the coin, you've got the um, disengagement, I suppose, the, the virtual type dating that we're sort of now exposed to in the modern world, the world of online and using screens for everything. And then you've got the other side of the coin, the old fashioned, you know, just let's socialize and meet in the flesh and 
and have the opportunity not only to meet just one person, but met, you know, many and, and actually mm. have that real experience, which I, I absolutely 100% support you on this. And do you know what? Just as you were talking then, I was thinking that while it's, you know, the old um, the old fashioned way of meeting when you get together at a singles event or a dinner or a weekend or whatever it is that I'm throwing or different companies in the dating industry are putting on out there to, to connect singles. Actually, it's deemed to be bolder than ever before to put yourself out there in real life because it's the complete opposite of what is deemed to be the norm because the norm is um, connecting in this digital space where you can take your time to, um, you know, create a funny joke. If you, I mean, I'm not saying that people are not naturally funny, but, you know, to like Google something or check something out and come back in your own time, in your own space and build a connection or lose a connection and go someone or, you know, if, if someone doesn't have the same intentions as someone else, there's a lot of, it's a lot of dating, dancing online. And I think in real life, you, your gut and energetically speaking, you can really make quick, you know, fire decisions on whether you connect with someone or not. And I mean, what happened to how fun dating used to be with the experiences and the connection of learning new things um, about yourself, about um, you know the, the person you're meeting, or perhaps doing something in general where you can make a memory rather than just you. I mean, you're never going to remember the people that you swiped left on or the profiles that you didn't like, are you? But if you went on a date and it wasn't your forever love, there's every chance that you'll remember that event or that date if you had a great experience too. So I I see it as people investing energy and time but you can't you can't get that time back you know so um a lot of things come out of um online dating so I operate as a coach in in the dating industry 60% of my time is coaching and different things come up for clients of mine and for people that come to me with questions through um my business love lessons and they they're asking me um you know about fear of rejection why did that person not continue chatting to me online and starting dating people offline and the scarcity of things not working out so all of these limiting beliefs and stories around dating are coming up now more than ever before so that is why I am constantly I mean probably spend about 16 hours a day talking about modern dating but I just think it's so necessary that that we talk about giving people the tools to be more confident to navigate the path to partnering. Absolutely, 100% agree. So what do you feel are maybe the the top for you and your experience with your clients that you're attracting are the main fears, worries or problems? Um, The main fears and worries, problems. One is the scarcity that things won't won't work out so um there are different stages of that one is connecting with someone let's say online who they haven't yet met but they've created in their mind this like i said earlier pseudo relationship because they think 
gosh, this is the funniest person. I'm really feeling a connection. We've got loads to talk about. I can't wait to meet them. And, you know, really boosting an image of somebody who is, in fact, a stranger who they've never been in the presence or had a tele- even a telephone call with. And then all of a sudden being frightened and fearful that they'll go on a date and things won't work out. Or they go on a first date and they, they're thinking, oh gosh, what if they don't like me? What if this doesn't progress? Rather than the idea of stepping into one's own power when it comes to partnering and thinking, how do I feel on this date? How does this person make me feel? Do, do, do they make me feel comfortable? Do I feel more confident around them? Have they put my first date nerves at ease? And often um, I'm hearing and seeing the passing over of power around what what one might want in, in a relationship and also not seeing the first date or the second date as a hi, let's get to know each other and see how we feel, but imagining the end goal, is this my soulmate, life partner, the person I'd like to marry? And I see people jumping the gun, so to speak, from the get-go, from that swipe all the way to the first or second date and then all of a sudden creating um, kind of, I hear a lot about generalized anxiety around dating. And recently, one of the most um, driven in, in terms of traffic and listenership is a conversation that I held um, on air with a, a cognitive behavioral therapist around anxiety and dating. And that's because it's unfortunately more common today than it ever has been. I mean, remember those days that you used to go down the pub and have have a glass of wine or or a beer, and then you get to chatting to someone, and organically that would, um, you know, turn into a date or a creation of a friendship that, that would then, in a low pressure environment, um, progress into something more, perhaps romantically. It feels to me like those days are gone, um, and so I do my best to bring them back um, in a sense of creating different events, experiences, weekenders, for people to connect over fun and values and interests, more over that end goal of, I want to fill a void of loneliness, I want to find companionship, and it, you know, I just need someone to fill that. They connect over what's right in front of them at that present moment. Am I making any sense? Am I just talking at you, Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. And I resonate with it so much because this is also the same, you know, um, problems and concerns that I hear myself. And um, I think it's quite sad, actually, um, that, you know, uh, and unfortunately, uh, I think it's especially true of women that, that they tend to romanticise and fantasise more, I would say, my experience than men about um, fast-forwarding you know, where this relationship is going before they've had a chance to even get to know this person that they're speaking to. You know what, you're absolutely right. And a lot of the work that I do with with clients, and I guess you're, you're singing from the same hymn sheet as me, and you really understand, you know, the same kind of questions and problems and intricacies that are coming up, is that people don't prepare for partnering. And what I mean by that is, they don't sit down and 
figure out what their values are. They're constantly thinking about what they want from somebody else to bring to the table. But more often than not, I find that people haven't done the work themselves to think, what am I going to bring to the table? What are my values? How does that show itself up in a relationship? And how 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 can I navigate modern dating, sieving out those people who are not quite a good fit with my values? And how can I attract more of those that are? And so I think by doing the work, preparing to partner in a way where you're thinking about, okay, what does a good relationship look like to me? How, how do I communicate love? How do I feel when I'm in a relationship? Not, you know, how it's not just about someone coming in and, you know, you feeling the most complete version. You all already have to feel 110% happy, 110% content and complete. Because the one thing about contentment is that's when, you know, you're neither super duper beyond like excitement and happy, you're not super duper feeling, you know, down and low. You're in the middle where life is just feeling in flow and as it should be. And when you're content with all the different slices of your cake in life Mm. and you feel like that cake is whole and you're not missing any slices, so to speak, that's the right time to figure out who it is you want to attract. If you feel like any of the slices of those cake of that cake is are missing, you're you're not in a place to prepare to partner because you're kind of not feeling a hundred and ten percent you. You're feeling somewhat like something has fallen by the wayside. And I think, in in short and in essence, people don't check in enough with themselves where mm-hmm. they're at. It's just kind of like, um, you know, sink or swim when it comes to modern dating, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, my experience too is the same, that, you know, quite often women come to me and they're feeling quite needy and desperate and don't realise that that's exactly what they're exuding out to a prospective partner. And you know what? Mm. There's nothing so heavy that weighs on a man's shoulders as a woman's expectations, <laughs> you know, and that and that isn't going to be conducive for intimacy or attraction. You know, you're you're so right about expectations, and I see it across the board um, with both with both genders really about expectations. And one thing I'd say about managing them is if you've got a list of ten million things or even 10 it doesn't matter how many in your mind of what it is that you'd like in a partner write them all down and physically look at them and take a look at yourself in the mirror and and see that list whether it's your whether it's just six things or six pages long and I have seen one list um a few years ago and a lady had written six pages worth of expectations around um <laughs> around dating and um how one should conduct a date let alone the relationship and the expectations were lengthy mm. and it was the idea of look take your list and look in the mirror and why don't you highlight the things that you are and why don't you 
cross off the things that you are not because if you're thinking that there are all these things in your life that you're not quite bringing to the table but you'd like somebody else to do so it feels to me and I guess to um, other experts out there that you're looking for someone to bring what you aren't actualizing yet and so when you're actualized in in those areas one of the things was six languages I think you know and the idea was well if Hugh Grant stood in front of you, which was pretty much the physicality of the kind of person she was looking to meet, would, and if he couldn't speak six languages, would you, would you eradicate him um, as a dating prospect or would you date him? Well, the answer was I would absolutely date him. It's like, well, why is that on your list? You know, <laughs> if, it's, if it's not necessary, but you think somehow you resonate someone being able to speak six languages as this absolute academic intellectual person using you know all different sides of their brain that's wonderful but if you're not also speaking six languages then how can you expect someone else to bring that to the table it doesn't seem fair or equal and surely you're looking to attract your equal yeah I get it and I I hear a lot of what you're saying as, as a, you know the pains and problems of um, what's being exuded out there and also you know I'd, I'd add to that and say that um, you know you might have things on your list that would be a definite deal breaker like you, you you may not want somebody who's a smoker for example or who's a drinker um, but still you know I would say be flexible around that because I can remember when I met my beloved partner 10 years ago now and he was a drinker and I I literally I suppose I'd had in my not on a, an actual written list but you know in my mind that it'd be a deal breaker I didn't want to be with somebody who was a drinker but mm. what happened in the early weeks of that relationship was that you know I did express ideally you know I didn't want to really be with somebody who was a drinker because I was very um, conscious of wanting to live a long, healthy life and wanting somebody to share that long, healthy life with me. Um, and you know what? He stopped drinking. <laughs> you know, within six oh. weeks, he'd made that yeah. decision that he didn't want to drink anymore. But I didn't sort of force that on him and, and say, this is a deal breaker, you must stop drinking. I just expressed, you know, what what I wanted. And, um, you know, and, and that's what transpired. And I guess that comes down to really clear boundaries and communication around you know if you can if you've created an idea around something that you want and you can back it up with your your theory and your logic around it and if that really resonates with the person you're communicating it to and they take it on board they're actively listening and saying hey actually you know in this case Lynn is right and actually I want the same and sometimes you just need somebody to to bring something out communicatively to show it show it up in your life and you know I think my partner is um massively emotionally intelligent and I find myself to be really lucky in that aspect um I was saying to somebody yesterday how at the end of every year and I don't know why I'm telling you this but as it's a conversation I'm just gonna overshare as always <laughs> great and, stuff and yet, at, yeah, at the end of every year, I sit and I vision board everything that I want to take a few days out and I vision board my business, how I want to help people connect um, 
I vision board what I want for my lifestyle, my fitness, my my life in general, my routine. And I really get clear on the next year ahead because I like to see focus and feel that I have a physical aim that I can see in my in my home office. I don't take it to work with me, of course. I've got vision boards everywhere. And my partner said to me, wouldn't it be really great if we had a vision board for us, as in our relationship as a separate entity, not just what do you want for your life, which includes me, but a, a vision board for us where we're on the same track. And I thought that was so beautiful because I've attra- I'm a good communicator, I do believe, and he he is also a really good communicator. And I think from the get-go, that was a deal breaker for me because I'm very expressive emotionally. I'm, I'm a deep thinker and I think I, I needed the same. And I think once you really get to grips with who you are, I guess is what I'm saying, and what you need to tick along, there aren't just things on the surface. You really attract the right person for you. And it sounds like you did 10 years ago now, Lynn. How amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose... What I'm saying is, you know, you might have things on your list which you think might be a deal breaker, but also, Mm. you know, um, as I said, for me, I needed to be flexible around that. And I absolutely was, you know, hearing you when you said it's important for people to to sit and understand how they feel with a person because I I think especially this is true for women. You know, we're not so much driven by looks... As, as men are, men are more physical creatures. Women are more driven by how a man makes her feel. So if this man is making you feel great, but, you know, hasn't necessarily ticked off, um, you know, one of the deal, the possible deal breakers, you know, give him a chance and just express, you know, not making it a criticism about him, but like I did about what I want, you know, um, in a man, in any relationship, not necessarily making it about him, but in in a partner in general, uh, and it actually transpired that he was prepared to to do that for me. Amazing. And, you know, I was just thinking then as, as you were talking about, you know, what, what we're looking for, what deal breakers are, and back to what you said earlier about what are the sticking points and the problems that people are seeing in the world of modern dating. Well, um, a lot of women that, that chat with me and come to me uh, are talking about um, – you know rejection they go on a date and if they start to kind of like someone they're not sure and that date doesn't work out he doesn't feel the same a lot of people are then fearful to go out again it puts them at a sticking point and they feel like oh my gosh I've given somebody a chance it didn't work out so I was thinking just then around the fluidity around expectations and you know everybody has the right to choose And, you know, isn't it amazing that we live in this world, well, most of us do, where you can make choices for yourself. And the fact that somebody has chosen that this isn't right for them, well, it's not that that person was the right person for you and they've passed you by. They have opened the door and not wasted your time to give you the opportunity to go out there and meet, you know, your right person and the right partner for you. Every date that has been ventured that didn't work out, I just see it as, you know, people out there, singles out there navigating this path of partnering. They're just arriving one step closer to exactly where they are supposed to be 
which means meeting the right person. I think if we can eradicate, you know, these massive lists of expectations that aren't really to the core who we are and if we can also eradicate fears around being rejected and just see it as a date that was ventured that was an experience and not quite right I think we could we could learn so much more about ourselves and be more positive in the process for partnering if if that makes sense to you men (laughs) it absolutely makes sense and I I agree um you know with you around I think one of the main things that you hear regularly is this this fear and, and this um, uh, word rejection, you know, and how mm. how best to handle that. And, and it's about changing your perspective around the word re- rejection, you know, not not feeling it and seeing it as rejection, but, but feeling and seeing it as feedback, you know, yeah. and, and viewing it as feedback that that relationship wasn't the right relationship for whatever reason. It wasn't about you. It's just about giving you the opportunity now to see somebody who's going to be a better, more perfect fit for you. So um, yeah. my, my view on anything, whether it's people, whether it's the right job, um, whether it's the right opportunity in life, I always think if not them or that, then I'm do something better. So, you know, actually view any sort of perceived rejection as, you know what, that person saved me a whole heck of time you know, by making it clear that they are not worth pursuing, you know, uh, thank you very much. I'm grateful for that. Now I'm closer to attracting the one that is a great match. It's it's so true. And I love what you say about switching up one's perspective around that, you know, perceived heavy word rejection, because I always say rejection is just redirection. And you and I are, again, on the same page about that. And I think if we can just shake up and and I'm a big fan of failure, and I say that all of the time because, um, you know, we often see things that don't work out as failure, but actually we're just fearful of failure as in that date was the end goal and that's the final destination. Actually, no, that is just a hurdle to, that you had to come over just to test, just an experience to get you one step closer to make build you into a more resilient person, to get you to where you are supposed to be. And I think, yeah, the more we can see rejection as redirection, the more we will just keep going for anything that we want, especially around our ideas of attracting a partner. Yeah. And um, I think another another key thing is to understand that, um, you know, feel absolutely comfortable with who you are, you know, um, know that you are worthy, you are of high value and, and affirm that for yourself because the more you can affirm to yourself that you are worthy, you are enough and you are high value and you are a prize catch, the more you're then likely to catch, you know, attract somebody that's going to um, appreciate all those qualities within you. Whereas if you're entering into uh, the dating scene, feeling unworthy, needing, desperate, fearful, afraid of rejection, then even if you do attract somebody, they are probably not going to um, necessarily uh, have a healthy relationship with that that sort of person because you're already entering it, you know, um, with those m- negative mindsets, and uh, it's it's probably not going to be a great relationship on the back of that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And before when you were saying, be you know totally comfortable with yourself. 
I I agree with that. And I also would would take it one step further and say, be comfortable with yourself, but step out of your comfort zone at the same time mm. within your within your environment. I mean, if you're doing the same things that you always do, you're going to get the same results. So you need to step out of what is comfortable whilst feeling 100% comfortable in your own skin and in oneself. And then you'll grow, you'll learn, you'll gain new experiences. And the likelihood is that you'll feel a greater sense of achievement and if it's there for you actualization in in the journey to partnering for you and gosh how amazing does it feel to learn new things meet new people that you connect with and so yeah be 100% comfortable with yourself and also be mindful to continue to step out of your comfort zone at the same time and that's exactly how we learn and grow isn't it by stepping out of our comfort zone um, you know, change will not happen. Positive change will not happen if we're not prepared, you know, to to uh, to step a little bit out of our comfort zone and experience new things. And, and talking about new things, Sarah, um, mm. I'd love to know more about the events that you hold and um, how often and, and what, what 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 that looks like for people that might well, be interested. Well, I host um different events across the uk um with a company called my friend charlie but also i am the co-founder of staycations which is the concept of a low pressure weekend so people stick with me on this where you have fun you eat lots of food you it's run by myself and Charlie and we also invite different dating experts from across the UK to join us on panels throughout the weekend. So singles that are attending are A, serious about partnering, they B, are welcoming self-development and C, they're really keen to have a heck of a lot of fun because modern dating, when we get into our own heads and we don't get out of our comfort zones, can become a bit of uh, an experience that feels like trudging through mud. So I just think, you know, it's it's all included, food, accommodation, activities such as, um, I don't know, flying American bald eagles, archery, uh, clay pigeon shooting, yoga, uh, meditation. We have a whole cohort of activities to keep singles chatting and busy and learning something new um, and coordinated, hopefully. And then, you know, on a Friday night, we we get to grips with answering the questions that are anonymously put to us. Uh, either they're emailed in before the people arrive or they are put into uh, a wine bucket as it was last time and different experts from across the UK pull out a question and we answer it and more often than not. So that's a low pressure um, way to get everything you want want out of the weekend answered as well as meeting singles who are in your age group, on your wavelength and we physically speak to or meet the people that inquire beforehand before they place their booking it's not just about people being able to have the disposable income to come for a weekend. We really want to know that everyone is on the same wavelength. You know, everyone has a kind, open-minded nature because we're really, we're really mindful that when you invest time and energy, 
you know, that's a really big ask in this really busy world where we keep ourselves so connected, you know, with our jobs and online to get to do the bold thing and get offline and not just for an evening, which is bold enough, but we're asking for massive bravery for people to come for a weekend. And we launched in the summer and we got one wonderful, happy couple from it uh, who just authentically connected throughout the weekend um you know really got to know each other over that extended period of time and everybody that came along is they're now on whatsapp groups they go to throughout the summer they were going to different barbecues they've been going to cocktail making master classes together they've been doing all sorts of stuff and it's a real testimony to the fact that they invited us hosts to be in their friendship circle, you know, their digital groups and whatnot, because they want to keep us included in what's going on to them. And that, to me, aside from the happy couple, is the whole mission to get people not only connecting, but making friends. Because as an adult, it is no longer as easy as it used to be to make friends anymore, because we're also stuck in our iPhones and whatever, and <laughs> um, you know. So the the idea is around connection, and if romantic connection comes from that, absolutely, that's amazing. And um, yes, so it's called the Staycation. It's in the UK. Our next one is probably too soon um, for this podcast. It's on the twenty ninth of November to the first of December, and then the next one will probably be next summer. Um, other than that, I have a radio show uh, called Love Lessons on Women's Radio, and I do coaching for single professionals looking to attract love. That's it in a nutshell, really. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure all that information is included in our show notes as well for our audience, Sarah. So thank you very oh. much for sharing that. And I love the idea of what you're doing. It's it's an absolutely brilliant idea in, t- in today's uh, world of, um, you know, just as I say, most of us thinking that the way to do things is um, to meet on screen. So I love that you're you're providing, you know, al- alternative solutions for our singles out there. And, and not only that, but, you know, even if, you, like you said before, you don't meet somebody um, to go on a date with, you are actually gaining new experiences and learning new activities and creating new memories for yourself. And through those, you might decide then to continue after the event, investing in those sorts of hobbies or activities and and meet somebody that way. Who knows? And, you know, if you think about the time that um, you, you know, people spend with coaches and experts for an hour or two, um, however often or frequent that is, having a whole weekend surrounded by different dating experts and relationship experts, you singles or attendees that come can really tap into that information and knowledge. And having walked away from that weekend, they've not only gained a, co- a cohort of new friends, but they've also walked away feeling far more equipped to navigate modern dating. And, you know, it's it's all included um, on our next weekend, which is, um, you know, on the 29th. I've already got an afternoon booked of people that want to sit down and have chit-chats with me around things that they feel could be holding them back. And, you know, that's what it's there for. It's a, a fun weekend hosted by experts who really have good intentions at heart. So, yeah, 
I'm delighted to have been on your show. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome, Sarah. And uh, for those listeners that are going to be listening to this podcast live, which will be going out next week, uh, the dates that Sarah mentioned there, the 29th of November, would be for 2019. Um, so that uh, if anybody is listening on a replay in the future, then we're, oh. we're, <laughs> we are sort of making that clear. So if you want to look for any future um, events, then obviously we'll make sure the contact information is included in the show notes for people to look at when the, the next one's on. Amazing. Thank you so much. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for sharing your great wisdom, insights and information about your events, Sarah. That's been really great. I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Amazing. Appreciate having having been on your show. It's lovely. And on that note, listeners, as I always end our podcast with, you know what? True love starts with opening our hearts. So let's do that. And let's do that in real life, in real live off air, (laughs) away from screens, situations from now on. Good night for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts entwined.com Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.